Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people it gives me a lot of hope if you liked locatora before you're gonna love season nine subscribe to our show and you'll see why locatora is your prima's favorite podcast listen to locatora radio as part of the michael Cultura podcast network available on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts the volume All right, welcome to Hoops Tonight here at The Volume. Happy Wednesday, everybody. I hope all of you guys are having a great week so far. We are also live on AMP, so if you're watching on YouTube or listening on the podcast feeds, don't forget that AMP is the very first place that you guys can get these shows. We're continuing our power rankings today with number 19, the New Orleans Pelicans. we got a full preview on them today, as well as two mailbag questions for the end of the show as well. You guys know the joke before we get started. Follow me on Twitter at underscore JasonLT for show announcements. Make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel. Don't forget, you can find us wherever you get your podcasts under Hoops Tonight. And I need mailbag questions, so drop those in the YouTube comments as well. And then last but not least, before we get started, you know, my wife and I have struggled a lot with this over the last couple of years. You just get busier and busier as you get older. You've got your family, you've got her family, you've got your friends, you've got her friends, you've got the friends you made together. Then all your friends start having kids, and now all of a sudden there's birthday parties, and it's like your social calendar just gets crazier and crazier. You get busier and busier in your career. It just gets harder and harder to find time to make and prepare good meals for yourself. And then you find these meal services out there and they send you all the stuff, but then it takes 45 damn minutes to cook it. And who's got time to do that when you've got all that extra stuff going on? So I want to take a few minutes today to tell you guys about Factor. With the busy fall season just around the corner, you might be looking for wholesome, convenient meals for jam-packed days. Factor, America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit, can help you fuel up fast with chef-prepared, dietitian-approved, ready-to-eat meals delivered straight to your door. You'll save time, eat well, 
and stay on track with your healthy lifestyle. Too busy with your end-of-summer goals to cook but want to make sure you're eating well? With Factor, you can skip the extra trip to the grocery store and the chopping and the prepping and the cleaning up too while still getting the flavor and nutritional quality you need. Factor's fresh, never-frozen meals are ready in just two minutes. So all you have to do is heat and enjoy, then get back to crushing your goals. Refresh your healthy habits without missing a beat. Choose from 34-plus weekly flavor-packed, dietitian approved meals ready to eat in two minutes. Then you can level up with Gourmet Plus options, prepared to perfection by chefs and ready to eat in record time. Treat yourself to upscale meals with premium uh, premium ingredients like broccolini, leeks, truffle butter, and asparagus. Too busy running around during the day to think about lunch? Keep your energy up with lunch to go. Effortless, wholesome meals like grain bowls and salad toppers that are ready to eat when you're on the go. No microwave Require. They also have low-calorie options. They've got uh, snacks as well. You can round out your snack supply with an assortment of 45-plus add-ons. With Factor, you can rest assured you're making a sustainable choice. They offset 100% of their delivery emissions, source 100% renewable electricity for their production sites and offices, and they feature sustainably sourced seafood in their meals. This August, get Factor... And enjoy eating well without the hassle. This September, I should say. Simply choose your meals and enjoy fresh, flavor-packed meals delivered to your door. Ready in just two minutes. No prep. No mess. Head to factormeals.com slash timp50. That's T-I-M-P-F 50. And use code timp50 to get 50% off. That's code timp50 at factormeals.com slash timp50 to get 50% off. All right. Let's talk some basketball. So the New Orleans Pelicans, a little recap of their offseason. They lost Jackson Hayes, Willie Hernan Gomez, Josh Richardson, and Garrett Temple. They added Jordan Hawkins as their first round draft pick. He's a movement shooter out of UConn. Little undersized, 6'4 and a quarter without shoes on. So that's roughly 6'5 and a half with shoes on. 6'7 wingspan. So not going to be uh, a very uh, uh, physically impressive athlete at the position, but he is one of the best movement shooters in the country in the college game last year. Really, really good footwork coming off screens. We talked about this last uh, in the Spurs show at the very end where we're talking about drills, but in order to successfully get shots off in every situation, you have to have footwork going to your left and to your right. And that's a really challenging part for shooters because most shooters like to have like their right foot, right, right-handed shooters like to have their right foot forward. And so that means as you're coming around screens, you have to plant your left foot. If you're coming this way, you have to plant your left foot and then plant your right foot and square up in midair. It's challenging and a lot of players don't know how to do it. It's a bit of a lost art actually, especially movement shooting in general, and Jordan Hawkins is great at this. He flies off of screens, gets quick, easy lift, has a nice, quick release. It's going to be an interesting weapon to add to the Pelicans' attack this year. He converted off-screen possessions at UConn at 1.22 points per possession last year. That's insanely good. There were only five players in the college game last year to log at least 100 off-screen plays, and he was number one by a mile in efficiency in that group. Uh, that is kind of a dying art. The idea of running around off of screens and rising up and hitting shots. For whatever reason, the game has kind of transitioned into every kid wants to handle the basketball. And that's why we don't have many guys that can score out of the post efficiently. Not just bigs, but also guards as well. And that's why we don't have many guards who know how to play off the ball. I think that's a 
an important element to some of the struggles we've seen with Team USA as we've seen stars move into that environment and struggle. I think that's a part of Brandon Ingram's struggles. He just, unless he's running, you know, 25 pick and rolls, isos and post ups a game, he just struggles to impact winning, right? And I think, I think that's, uh, it's kind of interesting to see a guy like Jordan Hawkins that has made work out of learning how to play off the ball. Uh, in this modern era as as we lower the volume so he was number one out of five guys to run at least 100 but even to demonstrate to you guys just how efficient he was if I drop that uh, qualifier down to 50 possessions there were 90 players that qualified and he still finished number eight in that group in efficiency so an outstanding off of screen uh, player he also converted spot up possessions at a 1.28 points per possession clip which is ridiculous that's in that like Michael Porter Jr absolutely deadly territory, right? <clears throat> As a shot maker, he was 63% in effective field goal percentage on catch and shoot jumpers. That's insane. 67% when he's guarded, which means he doesn't need much space and he's not bothered by contests. And he shot well on a big stage in the NCAA tournament last year. He took 33 jump shots and converted them at a 66% effective field goal percentage. Downsides, he was only 35% effective field goal percentage and uh, jump shots off the bounce, which is not great. So not a guy who can put the ball on the floor well. He was only one for 13 on floaters, so he doesn't have anything before he gets to the rim. And then he shot just 53% at the rim. So obviously the stuff he's going to have to polish up in the NBA is the stuff when he does get chased off the line and he has to put the ball on the floor towards the basket. But we've seen that happen. We've seen guys like Duncan Robinson add that in recent years. And when they do, they instantly become a lot more playable. And so really it comes down to can he learn to put the ball on the floor a little bit and will he be able to translate to the NBA as a defender because that's kind of like the crossroads for these high volume movement shooters are, are you going to be Clay Thompson-esque or are you going to be Malik Beasley-esque because Malik Beasley takes a lot off the dribble uh, or off the move shots but doesn't make him at a super high clip doesn't impact the game defensively doesn't put the ball on the floor well Clay Thompson understands how to use escape dribbles, turned himself into an above average in his prime, even a great perimeter defensive player. So that's going to be kind of the delineation for Jordan Hawkins is can he learn how to defend? But a really, really interesting movement shooter to add to a team that needs guys who know how to play off the ball with the on-ball talent that they have. They also signed Cody Zeller as a backup center. He was 16 points and 11 rebounds per 36 minutes in 15 regular season games for the Heat last year, and then 10 and 10 per 36 minutes in 21 playoff games last year. Now, I always use per 36 for bench players because it just gives you an idea of how much production they're providing in their limited minutes, and 36 is kind of general for what you'd expect from a starter, right? So the depth chart at the guard position, they have CJ McCollum, Najee Marshall, one of my favorite uh, like shifty, good handle kind of like hoopers in the league, uh, Jose Alvarado, uh, Kira Lewis, Jordan Hawkins. And then the forward, Zion Williamson, Brandon Ingram, Herb Jones, Trey Murphy, and Dyson Daniels. And then for the bigs, they've got Jonas Valanciunas, Larry Nance Jr., and Cody Zeller. The starters, when they're healthy, should be C.J. McCollum at the point, Herb Jones at the two, Brandon Ingram at the three, Zion Williams at the f- Williamson at the four, 
and Jonas Valanciunas at the five. We also found out that Trey Murphy tore his meniscus in an offseason workout, uh, so he's going to miss the first couple months of the season. Obviously a big blow because one, he's one of their best shooters and one of the best like kind of up-and-coming young scorers in the NBA. So hopefully he can get healthy and make the leap that we're all expo- uh, expecting to see from him this year. Football is back in full swing with another week of epic games. And who's got you covered on the action for every single one of them? DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. New customers can bet $5 on football and get $200 instantly in bonus bets. Nobody's missing out on the action this season. All DraftKings customers can take advantage of two new offers every single game day this September. Get in on the NFL Week 2 action with DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the app now and use code HOOPS to sign up. New customers can bet just $5 and take home $200 instantly in bonus bets. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code HOOPS. That's H-O-O-P-S. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY to 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888 888- 789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. See dkng.co slash football for eligibility, terms, and responsible gambling resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. I want to take a brief look at what they do offensively. Some things uh, to look for in terms of progression of their ball handlers. Then we'll talk a little bit about the defensive end as well. So this team has a lot of ball handlers. Obviously, we think of C.J. McCollum and Brandon Ingram as like the offensive fulcrums, but make no mistake, this is a team that likes to attack the paint, even without Zion Williamson. They were eighth in paint points per 100 possessions last year in the entire NBA. They ran 742 post-ups last year. That was third in the entire league behind just the Denver Nuggets and the Milwaukee Bucks. Spearheaded by Jonas Valanciunas, he ran 400 post-ups last year, which is huge volume for a single player in the modern NBA. That led to 416 points last year, including passes. So that's 1.04 points per possession, which is very good. Now, among the high-volume guys, there's nine guys in the league who ran at least 300 post-ups. Jonas came in in eighth out of the nine players. So among the high-volume guys, he's one of the least efficient, but he is an efficient post player at high volume. Zion Williamson also ran 170 post-ups last year, leading to 185 points. That's 1.09 points per possession in the 68th percentile, including passes. Zion was just completely off the charts good in ISO situations. They would either clear the side entirely and let him operate with an empty side, or they'd go five out and let him attack from the wing with the shooter in the strong side corner um, that didn't want to help, where the defender didn't want to help. But he would just, there wasn't anything like tactically impressive about it. He just beats his man off the dribble towards the middle of the floor and either rises up over everybody and finishes or makes a kick out pass to a shooter or a drop off pass to a cutter. 48 players ran at least 150 ISOs last year. Zion's 1.18 points per possession finished third out of those 48 players. So one of the best isolation players in the league 
last year. It's just impossible to keep him in front off the dribble. And, you know, everything that we talk about today comes down to whether or not Zion is actually going to be available, healthy, in shape, and capable of withstanding an 82-game regular season and potentially a playoff run. At the end of the day, he is their most important player and everything hinges on him. We're going to talk about the team as a whole, but as we talk about their ultimate ceiling this year, everything comes down to Zion. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a Challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and Challenge All-Star. And speaking of All-Stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the Challenge Gods have answered our prayers, and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of Challenge Champion. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. So we talked about Zion and Jonas Valanciunas attacking the paint, but this is also a team that loves to attack the offensive glass. They had 272 made field goals last year off of offensive rebound putbacks. That was the sixth most in the entire NBA last year. And surprisingly enough, teams that attack the offensive glass tend to have issues in transition defense, not the New Orleans Pelicans. They gave up a lot of transition opportunities. They were the 19th. Uh, best team at preventing transition opportunities. So they gave up a lot of transition opportunities, but they were an excellent transition defense. According to Cleaning the Glass, they were 10th in transition defensive rating. So that's a credit to Willie Green and him just getting these guys to play really hard, sprinting back in transition, communicating, and getting matched up when they get back there. As a spacing team, they're very good as well. They were ninth in spot-up efficiency at 1.07 points per possession. That's excellent for a team that 
constantly tries to attack the paint that tells you that they're generating high-quality spot-up opportunities and they are converting them well. Now, pick and roll, obviously, is a very important part of any NBA offense. They don't run as much of it as other teams in the league. They're bottom 10 in frequency. They're also 19th in efficiency. Brandon Ingram... was great at it. 1.03 points per possession, including passes. That was in the 68th percentile. I've talked a lot about Brandon Ingram in our player rankings. He's one of my favorite pick and roll passers in the league. He just has the ability to see over the top of the defense and make the reads that a lot of guys can't make. And he's excellent with the cross court pass to the weak side corner, which is one of the most important elements to beating a pick and roll defense, particularly when they try to guard three on two by bringing the low man over out of the weak side corner. I uh, the world the World Cup thing with Brandon Ingram. I I don't want to overthink it. If I were you guys, like I don't think it's an indication of limitations that Brandon Ingram has in the big picture. Like yeah, uh, if we tuck him in the corner and have him play off ball for large portions of games, he's not going to be as impactful as somebody who's done that his entire life. Uh, Brandon Ingram is a guy who's a primary ball handler, and that's the way he should be judged. Is there a larger conversation we should have about whether or not guys are 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 being well like in terms of their development as as kids are they getting enough of a well-rounded basketball development that's a conversation we can have i don't think it's a coincidence when you see defensive minded role playing forwards that become stars they tend to be very well-rounded as stars right that's where you get your jimmy butlers and your Kawhi leonards and your paul georges and this next one is this jabari smith jr showed a, a ton of flashes in summer league this year like i think that that's an indicator of the fact that we would be better served in our uh, uh, in basketball player development in America by giving kids a more well-rounded basketball training experience. But the reality is, is this is what it is. And Brandon Ingram is a primary ball handler and he's one of the best pick and roll passers in the league. And he's going to run a lot of pick and rolls and he's going to run, run a lot of ISOs and post-ups and that's what he does best. And so, you know, really it doesn't matter in the big picture. So I, 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 I don't really look too much into his World Cup struggles in terms of Brandon Ingram's standing in the NBA. CJ McCollum was much closer to average as a pick and roll ball handler, 1.00 points per possession flat. That's in the 60th percentile. Really rough shooting year. He only only uh made uh he only shot 46% in effective field goal percentage on pull-up jump shots last year. To give you guys some perspective, his last full season in Portland, he shot 53% in effective field goal percentage on pull-up jump shots. And remember, like you want to be like 48 at the lowest, preferably in the low 50s, and the best players in the league are in the mid-50s, and like the Steph Curry, Kevin Durant tier, which is like alien best players in basketball history at pull-up jump shots, those guys are at about 60%. But 46% just isn't going to get the job done. He's a pull-up jump shooter, and if he's not making pull-up jump shots, his impact is going to suffer. So really, pick and roll is probably their biggest area for improvement as a team, and it really just comes down to C.J. McCollum has to play a little better, and I think Brandon Ingram could even get up from that 1.03 closer to 1.1 points per possession. So I'd like to see both of them make improvements there. On the defensive end, they finished sixth. In the NBA, in defensive rating overall last year, sixth in half-court defense, according to Cleaning the Glass, 10th in transition defense. I thought the key to the Pelicans' defense last year was their point-of-attack defense, which was excellent, and the rotations they made on the weak side. Having a guy like Herb Jones is one of the best perimeter defenders in the league to throw out the other team's best player, a guy that can sidle over the top of screens and offer really quality contests from behind, that's a massive 
advantage to have as a team. Overall, they just have a ton of wing athleticism. When they're going out there and you've got, you know, Brandon Ingram, Trey Murphy, and Herb Jones all on the floor at the same time, that's three dudes that all can jump out of the gym and have super long arms. That's a huge weapon to have in rotation. So, like, now, let's say that defense does give up a driving lane and there's a kickout pass made. These guys can cover ground and, and close out and chase guys off the line. They were actually really, really good last year at chasing guys off of spot-up possessions. They had the seventh best defense in the league last year containing spot-up possessions. So that's a credit to Willie Green. I think I think he just once again has these guys playing really, really hard and and committed to the details and, and giving them everything he's got in terms everything they've got in terms of buy-in. Biggest weakness in the Pelicans' defense is rim protection. Jonas Valanciunas is just not particularly good at it. They were a middle-of-the-pack paint defense in terms of paint points allowed, and they allowed opponents to shoot 71.2% in the restricted area, which was dead last in the NBA last year. Um, We'll talk a little bit more about their defense when we talk about their ultimate ceiling this year. The biggest swing factor for this entire season, like I said at the beginning, is going to be Zion. Will he show up to camp in shape? Is he going to be able to withstand the uh, wear and tear of an 82-game regular season? That's going to be the biggest factor. They finished the season 42-40 and 40 last year, which is barely over 500, but they were 17-12 and 12 when Zion Williamson played. They had a plus-8 net rating when Zion was on the floor, so they outscored teams by 8 points per 100 possessions. They were about even, minus 0.2 points per 100 possessions when Zion Williamson was off the floor last year. So that's And looking closely at it, four points worse on defense per 100 possessions and four points worse on offense per 100 possessions. So, like, at the end of the day, Zion is the primary factor in what the Pelicans are capable of this season. So, my prediction, if Zion can stay healthy, I think this team can finish above the play-in, which is saying a lot in a Western Conference that is totally stacked. Now, win totals overall are going to be lower because there's a ton of good teams in the Western Conference, and they're going to be beating up on each other. So I think that they're going to win about 45 games if Zion can play at least 60 games. 45 wins in the Western Conference this year should get you out of the play-in. That should have you in that four, five, six seed area. So that's what I'm looking at if Zion's available for at least three-fourths of the season. Without Zion, they're a 500 basketball team. They just have too many too many limitations defensively in the paint, and they don't generate enough rim pressure as a basketball team beyond uh, Jonas Valanciunas to consistently generate quality shots. Too, too reliant on pull-up jump shooting. So Zion really is, is the ultimate factor in determining what this team is can do. As for their title chances, NBA history tells us that you don't win the title unless you have a top-tier defensive front court, right? Like, let's look back. Forget about the Nuggets for a second. We'll come back to them. But you go to the Warriors, you've got Andrew Wiggins, who is one of the best perimeter defenders in the league, and Draymond Green, one of the best defenders of this era. The year before that, Giannis Antetokounmpo and Brooke Lopez. The year before that, LeBron James, Anthony Davis. The year before that, Kawhi Leonard, Serge Ibaka. The year before that, Katie Draymond, Katie Draymond, LeBron and Tristan Thompson, Iguodala and Draymond, Kawhi Leonard and Tim Duncan, LeBron and Chris Bosh, LeBron and Chris Bosh, Tyson Chandler, Gasol Bynum, Gasol Bynum, Kevin Garnett and Kendrick Perkins, you guys get the point. I'm not going to go any further. With exception of the Denver Nuggets, which again, you have to remember, they were not an elite defensive front court, but they were one of the most unguardable playoff offenses I've ever seen, fueled by one of the best offensive playoff runs we've ever seen from Nikola Jokic. So they are literally the exception that proves the rule. And 
we can say a lot about the Pelicans this coming year. They are not the Denver Nuggets. They are not going to be a team that generates offense as easily as the Denver Nuggets do in the playoffs. And so you've got to ask yourself, is Zion Williamson or Jonas Valanciunas even in the same ballpark as the other uh, 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 front courts I just threw at you? That's 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15. So before Denver, we had 15 consecutive NBA champions that all had elite defensive front courts. So you're just not going to get it done typically in NBA history without that. So obviously the best indicator of future performance is past performance. So no, I don't think that this Pelicans team is capable of winning an NBA championship. That said, they're a really fun young team that's fun to watch. And it's not about this year. It's about the bigger picture. It's about Brandon Ingram's development. It's about Zion Williamson's development. It's about which of these other young guys are going to pop. And then in the long run, they're going to need to find a legitimate rim protector that they can put next to Zion Williamson that can anchor a championship defense. Once they've accomplished that, then then all those young guys will hopefully have developed to the point where they're capable of carrying them over the top offensively. Now you've got yourself a championship quali- a quality team. I-, I mean, even next to <clears throat> Brandon Ingram and Zion Williamson, they've got a plethora of talented young wings. David Griffin's done a really nice job. Herb Jones, Trey Murphy, Dyson Daniels. This is an exciting young team. They just need to find a legitimate championship anchor as a rim protector at the center position in the long run. All right, let's do a couple of mailbag questions before we get out of here today. First one from Caleb. What do you think Jason Tatum has to do to take over as the best player in the NBA? He is only 25 and has already been to multiple conference finals and an NBA final. Good question, Caleb. I don't think there's much there. One, diversity of shot creation. We talked about this a lot during the playoff run this year. He's got to get away from the analytical approach of just taking pull-up threes and trying to shoot at the rim. He needs to add real variety to his offensive approach. That means a lot more face-up reps, a lot more post-up reps, high post, low post, a lot more attacking off of uh, off of action. He's got to find ways to be more diverse offensively, a lot more off-ball attack. He's a good enough shooter to come off of screens and shoot more than he does. So I'd love to just see him diversify his offensive approach Two, embracing the playmaking role more. He's a very good passer when he has his brain in that uh, in, in that space when he's actually looking to pass. And then lastly, he's got to recommit to the defensive end. The year before last, he was one of the best perimeter defenders in the league. This last year, he wasn't. He's got to improve his commitment on that end of the floor. And with as much talent as this roster has, there's no excuse for not devoting that level of attention to that end of the floor. But the biggest thing there is like when you when you really think about his experience that he has, like it feels like he's right there, which leads into our second Mailbag question. So another, uh, uh, this is also going to tie back to the Celtics. This is from Fabian. Of the 2023 NBA All-Stars who have not won a championship yet, which player will be the next to win their first ring? So I'm interpreting this as which player is most likely to win their uh, first ring. Now, if you look at the All-Stars, there's a lot of guys in there that could do it soon. Joel Embiid could do it soon. He could very well do it this year. Uh, Luka Doncic could do it soon. He could very well do it this year. But I'm going to go with Jason Tatum again. And, and the main reason why is because, one, they have the most talented roster in the NBA. Two, they address one of their specific needs, which was a front court that was kind of unbalanced. They either had to play rim protection with Robert Williams and suffer in terms of spacing or play Al Horford at the center. And Al Horford is starting to get a little older and starting to become a little bit less reliable. And so it was becoming a problem. Adding 
Kristaps Porzingis in there, a guy who should be able to provide both at a high level, that legitimately pushes them to another level in terms of their talent. And so when I combine that with Jason Tatum suffering an important lesson in a loss this year about his shot variety, something I think he started to address towards the end of that Miami Heat series, and with all of his experience, you know, that experience is very important for feeling comfortable in that environment. I think it's on the table that Jason Tatum could pop in a big way this year and lead his team to a championship. So I have him as the most likely player who is who made the All-Star team last year but is not a champion to win his first ring this year. All right, guys, that is all I have for today. Don't forget to drop mailbag questions in the YouTube comments. I will see you guys tomorrow for number 18. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at first, first listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound... Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.